Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will laugh with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Welcome to Nurses Out Loud. I'm your host, Nurse April, and today I wanted to interview my husband again, and I wanted to talk to him about something that is personal, but it's also, I think, beneficial for people who have ever gone through what we've gone through. Um, Both he and I are products of divorce. He was divorced and I was divorced when we met. And I just want to talk about our journey through that and what life's like as husband and wife on our second marriage and what it's like parenting and just what it's like to live single, um, especially because my husband lived single for a long time. And so just what's what it's like to transition from being married to being single to being married again. This is Nurses Out Loud. Again, I am your host, Nurse April, and you can hear us on America Out Loud Talk Radio Monday through Friday. You get a different nurse host every day, and I am your Monday host. Our shows typically air at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with an encore at 11 p.m., and then they go to podcast a day or two after they air, and you can listen to us on any of your favorite podcasting apps. So I'm going to grab my husband real quick, and then we are going to get into this discussion. Okay, so I got him. He's in the room, and I gave him a little summary of what we plan on talking about. So are you ready for this? I think so. Okay, so tell me, how long were you married? I was married. My first marriage was about seven years. Um, I think it was, it was officially over at probably seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's, that they say you get the seven year itch. <laughs> so and, who uh, got the itch? Well, she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did. And, um, um, I fought for it for as long as I could. And, mm-hmm. and she was kind of wishy-washy along the way, but eventually I had to go ahead and say, okay, well, to keep my sanity, I'm going to have to go ahead and make the decision that I will not pursue you any further unless you decide to change your mind. And eventually she decided on uh, finalizing on a divorce. And mm-hmm. How old were your kids uh, at the time? Seven and four. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they understood what was going on? Um. They understood it, that they didn't like it, mm-hmm. that they wanted their family together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they definitely wanted us uh, to stay as one one household. I mean, before the, the divorce was final, she had moved out into an apartment. And uh, at that time, the boys noticed that they were not living a life that they were used to. Mm-hmm. And so they were 
they, they were definitely not happy about it. Because for you guys, were was there a lot of fighting? Did they see you guys not getting along? No. Just no, all of no a sudden, no, no, all of a sudden. I mean, and of, um, of course, we had issues with money and um, the, the way we, you know, started our relationship was probably not the best way to start one. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was not sure about being with her. And, uh, and I, I, I think ultimately, you know, she, she knew that she had a greater love for me than I did for her. That sucks. That would, as a woman, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. yeah that's... But I mean, I was there because I was committed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but I, I guess over the years, uh, she, she longed for a different type of commitment, mm-hmm. um, a, a true, you know, passion, passion, mm-hmm. you know, of love yeah mm-hmm. and so you guys went through a divorce um what was it like as far as custody of the children um custody of the children was uh, that, that was something that i had fight for as well i mean I, I felt like um because they are boys i needed to be in their lives and it was all it was bad enough that as a divorced father it would be um like a you know, I would be a half-time, part-time father, mm-hmm. but I wanted to be full-time like my dad was. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that that was uh, the, the best situation for them. So rather than go with the typical standard uh, divorce arrangement where um, I, I think it's, it's some, somehow with the, the, the primary parent ends up being the, the one who's got the children mm-hmm. the most Mm-hmm. time um, and, and I don't remember what the what that percentage is but ultimately we decided to go with 50 uh, 50 mm-hmm. and I would keep them for half the week and she would keep them for the other half of the week and then we were alternate alternate weekends That's impressive. Was, yeah yeah so ultimately we we it was a pretty amicable uh, situation uh, I, I think it was most uh, traumatic when we had lawyers involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but once we got them out of the picture and just started talking to each other and, and making negotiations that way, uh, things worked out better. Hmm. And she understood that it was better for the boys to spend spend as much time as they can with me. That's sweet. We had a very difference. My divorce went very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I was married 17 years and I'm the one who wanted the divorce. So I don't know what's up with us women. (laughs) I don't know if it's being independent, more independent. If we like have this thing of, well, I can take care of myself if I need to. So why suffer? I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily a good thing that we have our independence now. Because I think it pushes us in or it it gives us this courage to make moves that we don't always necessarily need to make so quickly. Now, I say that because I see the effects that the divorce had on my children because we did not have an amicable divorce. And we fought, as you know, and we got to the point finally where we just can't even communicate. 
So I, I definitely have a lot of regret. How do you go from, you know, being married to someone for 17 years and growing up, you know, with this person to not even being able to speak to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely see that is hurting my children. So I wish that things were different. I pray that things could be different, but they are not. But um, we went through our divorce and he kind of just signed the papers and just said, whatever, you know, he didn't get a lawyer. I had a lawyer. Um, so he just accepted whatever my lawyer wrote on the paper. I don't think he even read it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had full custody and he was supposed to have the kids and share, you know, he was supposed to have the kids, I think one night a week and then every other weekend, but that was always a fight as well. He just wouldn't show up. He wouldn't, he wasn't consistent. He would say he was on his way and then never show up. So things like that, that, you know, can leave a person feeling bitter, a mom, especially. Um, so obviously we didn't have best uh, co-parenting and I, and I'm, you know, of course, whatever I have regrets on that, but I was always impressed by you and your ex. I mean, like the fact that we live down the street from her is pretty impressive to most people. Yeah but it was what was best for you to be closest to your boys. Right. That was part of the agreement that we made was if we were to um, ever find somebody else to be married to, that we would, we would, we both agree that those people would have to be willing to stay in, in McKinney. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so uh, that way we would both be, um, you know, able to participate in the children's lives, no matter um, who came into our lives. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, and, and I think it, it, it worked out. Yeah. Uh, I think mm-hmm. all things work together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But what I'm curious about, and um, whenever I tell our story, people are always curious as well Is what was it like for you to be single? Cause you were single for. About nine years until we started dating. Mm-hmm. And then it was probably 10 years when we finally got married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the, the single years were, they were pretty good. I mean, in in the beginning, I thought it was going to be tough because I, I felt like this second time around, I was going to um, live my life according to uh, God's will. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, I was surrounded by godly men, and I was involved heavily at the church. That's what that's what got me. That's what kept me grounded, mm-hmm. I think, and kept me from being so busy in the in the dating scene. Um, I was involved in singles ministries and um, other things like that. So I was around men, you know, women and you know men that are that were my age. Um, but I, I didn't want to make too many false moves and jump out there and be dating people left and right, especially in church, you know, and you develop a, a really bad reputation, reputation for mm-hmm. just running through women. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to do that. And I mean, I saw them as, as my sisters, mm-hmm. as my sisters and brothers. So if I were to go, were to make a move, it would hit it. I didn't want it to, I wanted it to, to be a sure move, mm-hmm. a, a certain move with, um, you know, more certainty to it. Um, I don't know if I answered your yeah, question. Yeah, that was, yeah. Oh. That, no, yeah, yeah. So, so you 
Didn't date a lot. Didn't date a lot. Nope. Um, within that period of time, um, I seriously dated two, and that was that included you. Oh, okay. I was about to say who. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who was this other person? Yeah. Okay. I okay. mean, I went out with people um, mm-hmm. just to just to talk with them and. Uh, the, these were, I don't know if you would even called that a date. I mean, because you I guess met them on, um, yeah, on these different dating sites mm-hmm. or somebody that I was talking to at church, but we didn't really make it past, you know, sitting together and saying me explaining to them, Hey, I would rather be friends, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't, um, I, I tried not to give people false impressions if I had no intentions. You were on um, Match, right? I think so. It was one of those so. Christian. Oh. Yeah, I was on Match, and then there was some other oh, yeah. Christian thing. Yeah, I forgot. But I was too. Right. And I never saw you. Yeah, you filtered me out. I did. I'm sure you filtered me out too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You, you fit within the. Uh, yeah. Probably something on there about not having four kids. Uh, maybe. <laughs> probably. But, um, okay. So you were busy, you were active in church, you were busy with your boys and you were trying to please God. So in that, what was the advice that the old, that, that the older men, your mentors were giving you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, the two that so uh, I was in the men's choir, and, and of course we have our prayer requests toward at the end of practice, and you know, and you have the guys they they pray for you and stuff like that, and and I and when I was going through the divorce and it was it was pretty fresh, I let them all know, and um, for several weeks, you know, various ones called me and you know listened to me complain and prayed for me and all that stuff. And as time progressed, there were two, mm-hmm. two that remained. And, and you know, and I, I, I've always been cool with all of them. I, I love all of those brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I still do. Mm-hmm. We, we just sang a few weeks, well, last weekend mm-hmm. together um, after quite, mm-hmm. a, quite a while. But anyway, the, the two that remained – have continued to be my friends. And, and so far it has been um, 14 years now, mm. I think, mm-hmm. since, I, since I first met them. And then we continue to be friends after that. But So it's been quite some time. So anyway, they had been divorced uh, for several years before I was. And uh, there were there were things that they instilled in me while I was going through that period in my life. And one of them was, Hey, you know, respect, respect the mother of your sons, Mm -hmm. never disrespect her in front of them. Um, and, you know, and, and, and treat her with dignity, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, even when you didn't want to, right. Even when I didn't want to, and, and, and continue to love her because if I didn't love her, then I'm not human. Mm -hmm. You know, you you still have to have love for somebody, especially somebody that you spent that much time with and mm-hmm. you had children with. <clears throat> so the, the those that was one of the main things that they told me to work with. 
And um, one of them in particular, I think he's probably the most inhuman person that I've ever met, <laughs> um, had been celibate for, I think, seven years when when the two of us mm. um, first, you know, when, when he first reached out to me and we started, you know, talking mm -hmm. and going through this journey together, he had been celibate for seven years. And then when he finally got married, he was at 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying to myself that never, I will <laughs> never go that long mm -hmm. without sex, without sex. 10 years. I will never go that long. You said that. Yeah. You said it out yeah. loud. Yep. I, I'm going <laughs> to, oh. I'm surely I'm going to be married mm -hmm. before then, mm -hmm. but Nope, God had something else in store for me. He said, I'll it, show it you. It was right at 10 years when, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when we had our honeymoon. <laughs> so, yeah. Never say never. Never. And and I don't know how you did it. And mo I don't really know anybody who understands it. And I think that it's something that's so inspiring to people who are living this life currently. And I think people need to know it's doable because you did it. And you know somebody else who did it. Yep. Yep. With um, with prayer and... Because you were young. Like, yeah. how old? You were going through your 30s? Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I think we met when I was 42. Mm. Wow. Wow. And the divorce was final. I, the first divorce was, well, my divorce, the mm -hmm. only divorce was final when I was 32. Oh, so you, my, that's, that's sad. <laughs> that's, I mean, you know, that's, I mean, for a man to be young, that's the time when you're really the most active. Yeah. And, and I've been told that um, I was given the gift of celibacy, but I don't think that's, I don't think that's True. I, I think maybe the gift would be self-control. That is it. You have a gift of self-control. I can attest to. And that, that applies to so many other areas of your life. It's a gift mm -hmm. and a curse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and which is for everything. I mean, everything, anything out of balance is yeah. not good. Right. But right. 10 years of celibacy. And I think that when we met, I you told me it. And I wanted to believe you, but I, at the same time, I was just like, mm-mm. And it was dating and going through the process and actually like, no, he won't. He's not crossing that line. Yep. That was like, he's, he's, he's honest, he's sincere, he's truthful, I can trust him. That was important for me because I have experienced so much. I mean, I think most women have experienced a lot of lying, cheating, adulterous men from the time we're children all the way up through our adulthood. So it was really hard to find trust. And I think for you having to be celibate for 10 years was actually necessary for me to trust you. So God put you through that because he knew that eventually he was going to bring somebody to you, but she was going to need to be able to trust you. Yes. That, yeah. that you had the self-control necessary to not, you know, go and cheat. Right. <laughs> Especially somebody with yeah. daughters. Like I yeah. have two, I have, you know, I was bringing children into our marriage. And for me, I've always been taught that you have to be very careful about men that you bring around your children mm -hmm. because 
you know, as we see in our current society, men are um, doing all kinds of things. They're doing the most right now. And so I, I, I never really trusted other men around my girls. And I was very worried to remarry. I didn't think I would actually. Hmm. Um, my ex didn't think I would either, <laughs> probably for other reasons. Yeah. yeah. He, he told me that. Yeah. You, you're not the type that needs to be married. <laughs> so... <laughs> Because oh, you're independent. Yeah. You have a strong will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was that was also one of the reasons why I did not do a lot of dating and moving around because I didn't want the boys exposed to multiple seeing women in and out of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I needed them to see that there was some level of integrity in the way I was living my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I always believe that scripture that that says uh, a man who lives in his integrity sold his sons, ab- who, who walks in his integrity sold his sons after him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that that verse gave me so much peace mm. and, and comfort because um, my ex was not living the way I hoped that she would mm-hmm. in front of my boys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like I needed to do I needed to do the walk mm. so that they had an example. Um, and so <clears throat> anytime I wanted to date somebody or I identified or felt like I was connecting with somebody, um, I I was pretty intentional about the, you know, my approach. Yeah. Um, Cause you kept me away from them for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, to the, was I, it weeks or oh, no, months? No, no, it was months. Okay. It was like <laughs> we were almost engaged before you finally said, oh, I guess, I guess I'll let you meet them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because I wanted to be sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't want them, like I said, I didn't want them meeting a bunch of... I'm glad. I'm, yeah. I'm glad for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you advise people who are going through this struggle, because I know you've tried talking to other people, other brothers in in the church who have been divorced and what happens normally? Yeah. Typically. um, So yeah, that was, that was a very interesting time in my life. You know, we were, it it seemed like you you hang around, you hang in circles of people who are going through similar things. So I was in the singles ministry at church. We were, you know, the, there were people constantly getting divorced here and there. And so we would, you know, you would you would rally around people who were fresh, <laughs> freshly divorced and, and and try to encourage them to to walk the walk that mm-hmm. that um, God intends us to. And and that is ultimately you know, to don't be playing the field. Mm-hmm. Don't be, one of the things that our, uh, that our pastor uh, preached to us was, you know, be a protector, not a predator. So don't be out playing the field. Don't, don't be out there trying to play the, play the women just so you can sleep with them. Um, and so, uh, and, and only, you should only be with the one that you're married with mm-hmm. married to. Mm-hmm. So, um, a, a lot of the people that was, you know, w- you know, there were several guys that I would 
um, call up and we would have conversations about, hey, here, here are some strategies that you can that you can um, um, partake in in order to uh, set yourself up for success. Mm-hmm. You know, not failure. You know, what I mean, because you you know you you play around the fire, eventually you're going to get burned. And one of the things that we uh, that we put into practice was. Uh, letting your friend know, hey, I'm about to go and visit a young lady. We're going to have, I'm going to go to her house and it's just going to be us. Ooh. And um, we're about to, have, we're, she's fixing dinner. That's That was one of the things that, you know, I, I went in, went over to a young lady's house and had dinner. And so I told um, one of my mentors, hey, um, at this time, give me a call because mm. um, it's going to be, it's going to be dark and and you know, like the song says, the freaks come out at night. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> right, right, right. So there has to be a period of time when I need to leave the house. Mm-hmm. So yeah, give me a call. Did he call? And yeah, he did. And then he you did. left. Yeah, I left, and it was, and and so I didn't find myself in that type of situation very often. I didn't do that very often, but that was one of the things that we did for each other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was one of the strategies that I would always share with um, some of the other guys that were new to, you know, the the, the divorce scene. Um, but some of them, were, um, they, they just felt like, hey, I'm human. I'm, I'm human. God is going to forgive me. I got to do what I got to do. Because, so. you know, when you think about it, if you've been married for any length of time, you're so used to having access to sex pretty regularly. And then mm-hmm. to... Well, now it depends on the relationship. Okay. Let me see. Some people who have been struggling in their marriage for some time stopped having sex quite a while ago. So it may be a little bit easier of a transition for them. Now, on the other hand, there are those who've been in a relationship, but then they had some friends on the side. So they just weren't having sex with their spouse, but they were having sex. So then it's going to be hard for them. So anyway, anyone who's accustomed to having intercourse regularly and then to be to the, you know, to go cold Turkey. I mean, how do you do that? How do you, how do you do that? Well, I mean, you go through a period of denial first (laughs) (laughs) and then you, and then you're angry Mm -hmm. because you know that now you won't be able to get it anymore. I Mm -hmm. mean, because I mean, we were, we were both active. I mean, we were even active even during the the time of separation, Mm -hmm. but eventually I had to cut it off mm-hmm. because she couldn't make up her mind. Mm. So she was stringing you along. Right. Right. And so that was when I finally came to the, to the conclusion that I needed to um, put up some boundaries and, 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 and be prepared to go, go for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you went through like uh, the stages of mourning. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Morning, some type, some level of depression, um, but praying and talking to people that that care for you and 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 that are encouraging you to to press on, mm-hmm. especially knowing that my mentor had gone through it. Is that and, when you started really working out hard? Oh yeah, I was. Well, I was probably doing that before, but yeah, I did start going to the gym a lot more because um, you know when when you. When you're going through a divorce, you have all kinds of self-doubt, mm-hmm. you know, and there are, there are things that you want to 
if you are introspective, mm-hmm. then some people are probably feel like, you know what, I, I had nothing wrong with me. So mm-hmm. uh, that, it was the other person. Mm-hmm. And then they end up bringing that baggage along the with next, them to yeah. the next marriage. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I was um, pretty self-conscious about certain things and mm-hmm. introspective. Bef- okay. We're going to go to commercial really quick. And on the other side, I want you to tell us a little bit more about how you handled this non-sex lifestyle that you decided to take on. And um, then maybe we can even talk about how we met. It's time in this If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, pulvinone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code out loud and get 20% off. The Wellness Company shares your values and fights for medical freedom. They put patients before profits and follow medical science, not political science like doctors on the left. Their chief medical board, which includes Dr. Peter McCullough, are the makers of the incredible American-made, high-quality spike formula. If you worry about spike proteins, go to TWC.health and use promo code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount. Once again, that's TWC.health, promo code OUTLOUD. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. AmericaOutloud.com. If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Hey, welcome back to Nurses Out Loud. I'm your host, Nurse April, and I am interviewing my husband, Eugene. And we're talking about what it's like to go through divorce, to be single, celibate, and then remarry. So before break, you were telling us that when you realized you weren't going to be able to have sex again, you started going to the gym. You were going to the gym before, but Mm. you started going more. Right. Yeah. Just uh, 
So you were in your own head and in your own thoughts a lot. Yeah. What was that like? <laughs> you like it in there? Uh, I, I do. I do like it in, in there. I mean, it, I, I do like my quiet times. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but but yeah, it, it's a it's a time to for for interest. Yeah. Wait, t- okay. Tell us about the time you went to the little Airbnb by yourself. Or what was it? It was a bed and breakfast. It was a bread and be- breakfast. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was um, one of my staycations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, rather than go off and spend money and because I was by myself, you know, I mean, I, I didn't want to. Um, I, I felt I don't know. I just wanted to get away and and let it feel like I was in a different environment. So I, I think during that time I went. Um, okay. So I stayed in the, um, bed and breakfast and I also, um, went to a spa and, uh, there may have been something else that I did too. Uh, maybe I went shopping. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, um, and then there was another time I stayed in a cabin by myself on the, on the lake and mm. went, I used to work, I used to enjoy, uh, taking the bike trails, uh, taking a mountain bike and just uh, riding through the trails. And uh, so that was something that I did um, over in another town mm-hmm. by a lake. Uh, but, you know, yeah, anytime people would ask me, so you you stayed in the bed and breakfast by yourself? It's <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Okay, because I'm looking at you, you guys. Obviously, this is radio. You can't see what I see. <laughs> but my husband is very good looking. So you would not see this man on the street and think that he is living like a grandma or something. <laughs> it's weird. It's kind of yeah. weird, but it's also very endearing because, you know, you were so committed to this belief that God said, do it this way and I'm going to do it this way and then wait for him to bring me an answer to my prayer. Right. That's a little bold of me to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what I've told you. Yeah, yeah, you did. Um, so yeah, I mean, people were, were always always perplexed um, at the fact that I would go and um, stay at a bed and breakfast by myself, and but it was always nice. It was always a nice experience. Like when I stayed at that um, particular bed and breakfast, there was the the owners of the house. Yes, yeah, yeah, they stayed up upstairs. And uh, the the chef was the mother, was the, the mm-hmm. lady of the house. Mm-hmm. And she was, she reminded me of my mom. So she would come down and she would cook and you know, serve me food at the table. And she would sit there and we would just chat. And so, yes, that's the other thing. He likes to chat. He likes to talk to anybody. Nobody's a stranger. And actually we can go out of the country and you will run into people, you know. Yep. So he, he definitely stays, um, he's an extrovert. He likes talking to people. He's. No, he's cringing his face. He doesn't believe it, but he he very much is. I, on the other hand, don't like talking to people. I'll do it because I have to, but I prefer to just be in my head creating and engineering things. Yeah. But I have to talk to people because I'm told that's the right thing to do. So I do. And he enjoys it. He actually enjoys like working the room and going around and talking to different people. So even though you were single... You had friends, you visited family, you did things, you didn't, you know, become a hermit, but you just stayed in situations that were safe. Right. And uh, I, I tried to set myself up for success. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime you, yeah, I mean, like, 
we always say, I mean, you, you play around the fire, you're going to get burned. Mm -hmm. And so I try to stay as far away from the fire as I possibly could. And what I mean by that mm -hmm. is passion. Um, ah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and uh, so, yeah, if, if I, if, um, you know, there were times when we were like for the singles ministry, you know, that you run across women who are freshly divorced and you befriend them. And, uh, but one of the things that, you know, some of the stronger single leaders, um, including my mentor, one of the things that or the philosophies that we operated on was if if there was a woman who was vulnerable and was going through some painful experiences, we would hand them over to somebody else, a, a female that was in the leadership mm -hmm. role. Mm -hmm. Um, because we knew that anybody that's vulnerable can fall for, you know, can fall in a situation that they don't intend to fall in. And that's actually, I think, some of the tricks that men use. They look for, they seek out someone who's vulnerable, and then they pounce. Right. Yep. Yeah. Especially when you find that the person that's, you know, when they are not completely divorced, mm, they're still mm. going through a divorce. Mm. Yeah. So that's an opportunity to encourage them to keep the family together. You know, mm -hmm. that was always our thing. You know, unless it's it's a dangerous situation, uh, I understand. But if there's really no good reason other than your preference mm -hmm. or you don't like something that something that they do that's annoying to you or um you know, there there was sometimes when people would just get a divorce just because they just they're just tired. Or they feel like I'm running out of time, I'm young, and I still want to be able to find someone while I'm young. Right. That person that I dreamed of, because mm -hmm. you're not it. <laughs> <laughs> Sound a little bitter. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. Yeah, no, but I, so for me, like, I tell people, because I didn't believe in divorce before I got divorced. And even when I was going through my divorce, I was actually on the verge of, I'm just going to kill myself if this is the life I have to live. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty bad. <laughs> it was, I was to that point. I feel like in that moment, God said, no, that is not the only option. That's what I feel like. I don't know for sure, yeah. but I was actually that close. So, mm -hmm. um, so I did go ahead and I came from a very, very strict Christian denomination where I was in the church of Christ where you divorce is like, what is that? You're not allowed. I mean, even to the point where, and I can't say this for every church of Christ, but at least the one that I was in, you could be getting beat and you still needed to stay. Hmm. So not to say that was my situation. I'm just throwing that out there that they were very, very strict about divorce. So I was very, very reluctant to, you know, make that decision and to take that, take that route. And when I did, it was, uh, it was scary. It was lonely. I was here in Texas, no family and, um, four children. So brand new state getting divorced after 17 years and, oh yeah, starting a business. What the heck? I mean, I really did a whole lot of things all at the same time that I shouldn't have tried to do all at once. And it was a lot of stress. Um, 
And I took a different route than you did. I was in the church, um, but I was lost. And I think because I was transitioning out of the Church of Christ and into non-denominational churches where they teach differently, I was actually in that moment of going through my divorce, I was also finding God for the first time. Because before that, I had this very, um, this relationship with God. I've always, I've always sought to please God and I've always believed in God. It's never been a question, but it was this situation where I felt like God was, um, you do this or else you get in trouble. If you don't do this, then you're going to go to hell. If you use instruments during worship, you're going to go to hell. Um, you know, if women speak in front of men or pray in front of men, you're going to go to hell. All the mm -hmm. things that I was constantly being taught. Mm -hmm. And then when um, I came out of that, it was like, okay, really hearing from God and really experiencing God within myself was a, it was a transition. It was something I'd never gone through before, but before I got to that point, I had to hit rock bottom, rock bottom. And I hadn't quite hit rock bottom until I went through 2015, 2015. I went from being, you know, I was married at 17. So never experiencing what it was like to be free. And you know, I went from my father's house to my husband's house. And so when I got divorced, I was finally free. What yeah. happened that day? Yeah. So um, I think this was probably during the time of my son's third strike. <laughs> he was he was not doing so well in school. And uh, I, I believe I told him that if he fails at whatever this thing was that that he was going to get a spanking. Mm -hmm. And, um, but on my way, uh, on my way home, I, I still just didn't, didn't want to spank him. I, I, so I needed to find some other, um, way to, I needed to find some other way to get out of it. So I decided to stop at target and buy him a personal organizer so that he can write down his notes and not forget certain things that he's supposed to be responsible for at school. And that's when I saw you down the aisle. Okay. So for me that night, actually before that, my son had gotten home Well, I picked him up from school and then we went to get groceries. And then right before we got groceries, I stopped at Panda to get him a little something to eat, a little kid's meal. And, um, I just wanted to get a fortune cookie because all year I had been getting fortune cookies and they always had something to say that was inspiring and encouraging me to stay on this path that I had started, which was to start my own business. And so it was, it was always encouraging, encouraging, encouraging. And then towards the end of 2015, I had just experienced a lot of trauma and drama mostly self-inflicted, but, you know, it's just hard to go from, you know, to go into business as a nurse. No one teaches you how to do this. This is all like something you go into blindly. And so it was a very, very difficult struggle. I mean, anyway, that's a story for another day, but I needed something, some kind of encouragement to keep me going. And so I just wanted to play this game that I'd been playing with these fortune cookies. And so I went and I got the fortune cookie. And I actually prayed before I opened it 
And I said, God, I know this is not how this works, but just tell me something, tell me what I need to do because I was just feeling so low. And when I opened it, the fortune said, an attractive visitor will bring joy to your home, which I immediately threw to the, into the side of the car because I was, and I laughed because I was like, I know that's not how it works. And I'm sorry, I shouldn't have even asked because that was not at all what I was thinking. And all year, every fortune I got was all about business. So that's what I was expecting. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, that's way off, especially since I had just denounced men from my life. So that was not the right fortune. And so um, I went ahead, got groceries, brought my son home, got my kids ready. It was late. And at the time I was living with my friend, Andrea, because I had just moved out of my apartment, moved into her upstairs because I was starting this business and I had put an offer on a house and, you know, we had been talking about it and the market was crazy at that time. And so the agreement was if the, the offer didn't go through on the house, then I would, I would take that as a sign that I needed to go ahead and move forward with this business. And I would move in with her to try to save some money. So I didn't save a lot of money, but let's try to save a little bit of money. So that living in her upstairs, she had this pool table that we had moved aside and there was this pool light. And so, you know, those pool table lights are, they kind of hang low. So the kids kept hitting their head on the light and I was hitting my head on it. So I just went to target thinking that I would find some kind of S hooks to be able to, to um, shorten the chain. So it was higher up so that people wouldn't hit it, hit their heads. And plus I just needed to like get out of the house because I was struggling so much. You guys, when I first started my business um, and I went at it, you know, full time, I would work nights and then I would do surgery during the day because when you first start um, in what I do, if at the time when we were able to build the insurance companies, you would do something, but you wouldn't necessarily get paid for like several months for some, for a procedure that you perform. So when I first started and I couldn't work anymore because once I started working as a first assist, I couldn't be on staff as a nurse anymore. I had to just jump in with no income. So I was living off of my savings and I was working, I was doing surgeries, but I wasn't getting paid for anything. So, I mean, think about having four children. I'm not getting any support from their dad financially. It was just me and I'm running out of savings. And so I'm at Target and I'm looking for these S hooks, but I'm walking around in circles because my mind is everywhere, but, you know, on finding these hooks. And I'm just stressed and I'm reading emails and I'm texting my friend and I'm listening to music, had my headphones in, and I'm just not paying attention at all. So I found myself going around and around and around in circles. And at one point I looked down the aisle and I saw my husband and there were some other people, but I saw him and he was very cute. I'm telling you guys, he's very good looking. I'm sure you'll go and look him up. <laughs> you can find him on Facebook. <laughs> anyway. So I saw him and I was like, oh, he's cute. But, you know, I was like, didn't want him to see me. And he looked up at the same time and saw me looking at him. And so I looked away because I was embarrassed. But then I thought, oh, my gosh, he just saw me look away. How stupid. And so then I looked back up and he was still looking. And then I was embarrassed. So then I just kept walking around in circles, trying to ignore him, trying to avoid him. Yeah. But I noticed you walking in circles, well, going back and, you know, it looked like you were just, 
I don't know, you you did look like you were looking for something. You, you just look like you were looking for something. And so I, I eventually I asked you, I mean, can I help you? Mm-hmm. And then that's when you started explaining to me your your issue with the light and you needed an S-hook. <clears throat> and I think maybe, maybe you didn't, I, I guess our conversation continued on, but we probably started talking about something else other than the S-hook. We were talking about children. And- well, no, I think I was trying to tell you what my option was because I was avoiding coming to that aisle where you were, mm-hmm. but I realized I had to because I needed to get loose ring binders instead. Mm. And I was trying to explain that to you and you were looking kind of confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I, I understood what you were talking about, but I think the problem was, is I felt like I was flirting with you. Oh, and, and it you was also kind of said a, you felt like you're being nerdy. Yeah. I think we were going into a lot of detail about mm-hmm. the construction of this thing. And eventually I said, okay, let me stop. Let me. Because your brother would say, what would your brother say to you? Shut up. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> You're going into too much detail. <laughs> so you were, you were, we were starting to kind of pull back a little. And yeah. I was like thinking you didn't understand what I was doing. Right. And you were just holding back because you didn't want to seem like a nerd. Right. And so I think you. I went around eventually... and got, yeah, I went around the, to a different aisle and got them. And then I came back around the aisle and you were still there and I showed you what I was talking about. Right. And then that's when we mm-hmm. got into the conversation about why you were lifting the light and what you were doing and what your business was and mm-hmm. um, your children. Um, I, I think in my child, I think I was even mm-hmm. telling you about why I was there. Um, and then, but as we were talking, I started to feel myself uh, I, I wondered if you knew that I was attracted to you. And so that that thought resonated in my mind and that caused me to become embarrassed. And when I become embarrassed, I become extremely heated. Oh, literally. Yeah. The temperature goes up in your body. Yeah. And and then that's when I ask you, well, is it me or is it hot in here? And And I was completely mortified that you said that because I was like, oh, he is so lame. I can't believe he just said that. So I'm going to ignore it. I'm going to act like he didn't say it. So I didn't say, I didn't respond to that. Right. And we kept talking. Mm-hmm. And then maybe sometime later, I asked you that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did. And and then you said. It's just you. Yeah. And so we talked a little bit. And then I said, all right, well, it was nice meeting you, April. Um, <laughs> hope to see you around again. And I walked off. Yep. And I thought, okay. I heard his feelings. Yeah. I offended him. But by the time, okay, so by the time I made it up to the register to pay for my stuff, my mom called me and she asked me, what was I doing? And I explained to her, I was trying to buy a personal organizer for my son and um, and that I had just finished talking to this uh, cute young lady and she seemed like she was interested in continuing the conversation. And she's, my mom asked me, well, did you get her phone number? And I was like, no, I was just, no, I didn't think about it. And, and she said, well, go get the number. Cause she had always been encouraging me. Hey, you need to go get somebody. You need to find your one. So anyway. But uh, why? I mean, at one so, point, what did your mom even say? She said, you need to, you need to have some, Yeah, you need to have some sex. <laughs> Cause you were being grouchy. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but she, she's a godly woman, but yeah. it, you know, we all have our limits. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So um, 
by the time I made it to the register, I was dripping sweat. Sweat was dripping off my nose, off my eyebrows. When I get hot and when I get embarrassed, it it's bad. Yeah. It's like, it looks like I've stolen something. Yeah. And, I mean, he, he's not joking. Yeah. So I wiped my face off and I went back to the aisle and you were still there. And I tapped you on your shoulder. You turned around and and then I said, well, hey, it was nice talking to you. I was wondering if I could have your number. And I turned around and I was stooped down looking at pins. And then I turned around and saw him and I stood up and he was literally dripping sweat. I mean, it was like he had just ran a marathon. It was dripping down his forehead. It was dripping off of his nose. It was dripping off of his face. And I was, well, I had never seen anything like it. And he asked me for my phone number. And I immediately thought, I don't want to give this guy my phone number. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to talk to any guys. And here he is and he's sweating. And so if I say no, I'm going to be such a jerk because he's obviously uncomfortable and nervous. And so I, I asked him, well, are you married? Because that was the theme of 2015, married men parading around like they're single on match. Ladies, I'm sure you probably figured this out already, but be careful on these dating sites because they'll say one thing, but they're actually something else. So anyway, I said, are you married? And what'd you say? Nope. Oh, I was like, oh, okay, I know this game. Are you separated? Nope. Well, do you have a girlfriend? Nope. So now I was like in this quandary of what the heck? Now what am I supposed to do? So I gave him my number. Yep. And? And then I told you I was going to call you. Mm-hmm. And, and you after, did. And I did. And we talked for quite some time that night. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. started off with the, what do you think about sex? And outside marriage. of marriage. Outside of marriage, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. So this is great. Like I can I can get him out of my life very quickly because you know how guys are. They'll be like, oh, send me pictures. I want to see full body pics. I want to, you know, so I just figured he was like a typical guy. And I was like, okay, I can get, I can get rid of him quickly. I'm going to tell him exactly how I feel. And I told him, and then he kind of changed the subject. And then he came back around to it. And what did you say to me? Well, I told you that I had been uh, withholding myself and mm-hmm. um, um, waiting for um, my wife. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm not having sex. And I just wanted to let you know that so that you could decide, mm-hmm. you know, if this was something you wanted to continue. And I was like, um, I would say that was one of the first times, I would say that's actually the only time where I actually feel like I had a moment where God spoke to me and made some, like uh, opened up the heavens and made things very clear that he was answering a prayer of mine. And I, and I can't really verbally explain it the way I want to, but I think that anybody who's ever had that experience will fully understand, but God made it so very clear to me in that moment that this was an answer to some prayers that I had been having for years. And It was very strange because it was very much an out-of-body experience. And I remember thinking there's no way he could have known that that was the only thing that would keep me from not ever talking to him again. There's no way he could have known that on the first call. Yeah. It's funny because I heard you talking under your breath Mm -hmm. on the other line. Yeah. And I, 
I often wondered, what were you saying? Yeah, I was talking to God. Mm -hmm. And it was very strange because one of the things that, um, see, we're running out of time and I, and I can't even go into the story anymore. Okay. We're, we're out of time. We can't, but let me, let me just to say that God answers prayers and God will make himself known to you. If you are willing to open your heart to him. And so our story ended in marriage and we were married in less than a year because you didn't want to play around the fire anymore. Nope. And yeah, we, we kept, we kept it hot and heavy and we were going to get burned. <laughs> and so, and I think the decision was, was obvious. Mm-hmm. So we needed to go ahead and make the move. Mm-hmm. And so we are in our seventh, we're going on, this will be year seven for us. Right. And so far, so good. I don't mm-hmm. have an itch. Oh, that's good to know. Because <laughs> sometimes I work. No, not at all. All right. then. Not at all. But you know. You were single for so long that sometimes I worry if, you know, you wish you could yeah, well, hey, get me being, out of your hair. Being, being married is, is, is supposed to grow you. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it for sure does. For sure. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not something I'm, I'm banking out of. Oh, good. Good to yeah. know. Good to know. Well, you guys, I'm going to interview my husband again for you because I know he's 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 got a lot of amazing stories to share. But. This is, we're run, we've run out of time. So thank you for listening. Um, Lord willing, we will talk again next week. Again, this is Nurses Out Loud. I'm your host, Nurse April. And please check out our show sponsors. That's what keeps us on the air. It's very, very important that you support those sponsors. And again, just check out America Out Loud Talk Radio for all the other great shows. So there's another great show coming on right after this one. And I want to make sure you guys stay tuned because I said I was going to shout them out. So you guys make sure you check out the National Security Hour, which is at 11 a.m. It is really a good show. And I said I was going to call them out. You know why? Because they said nobody else ever says anything about our show and nobody else ever says to listen to our show. So I am going to tell you guys because I always listen to their show, but I don't say it. So I'm saying it right now. Make sure you stay tuned for the National Security Hour, which is going to be on next And I'll talk to you guys next week. Again, this is Nurses Out Loud, and our goal is to shine a light in the darkness. It's time.